Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to H Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 112. The show is available live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter, Ace Podcast Nation. As you well know, home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So uh, please give us a follow on social media, uh, subscribe to that YouTube channel, click the bell for notifications every time we go live or upload a new show or series. And uh, of course you can get the audio versions of every single show as well at your favourite radio or podcast platform. Just search Ace Podcast Nation and you'll get uh, 360 plus shows or series. So uh, check them out, have a look. And, of course, if you'd like to just keep it solely football, you can follow at AC Footy Show on uh, all social media platforms and uh, streamline your experience uh, as we wait for those various platforms just to fill up a little bit. Um, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports, as ever, for all their support around the show. Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media pages and, of course, their website, the links to which are in the description below and the closing credits at the end of the show. Uh, Today's sponsor, as usual, very proud to say, uh, Bespoke Financial. Darren uh, Ralston of Bespoke Financial is giving away a free will worth £140 with any new policy which is taken out at the moment. So uh, please check him out. Check out that offer. 
give him a call, see if he's got anything which could uh, help you out in these strange and dire times. Uh, of course, he's looked after Andy for many a year with various policies, including the uh, critical illness, the income, uh, the injury cover, and of course they do all sorts of various uh, packages and, and services. So uh, hopefully they'd have something for you. Tell them we sent you, and uh, we're very proud to partner up with such a top-class brand. They are award-winning uh, for their service, and they are truly top of their field. And uh, we thank them for sponsoring the show. Uh, we'll have a little ad from them a little bit later on. But uh, in the meantime, with no further ado, let's get into it. We have, uh, joining me as ever, the goal collector, the co-host with the most, the fox in the box, the QPR dream killer, Davy Jones' favourite son, the speed demon, Mr Andy Campbell. How goes it, my friends? Good evening, mate, yeah. Uh, another Monday, another guest, another amazing guest, by the way. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. This one uh, this one goes back a long time. I know we were talking just before we came on um, on live. It's been, uh, seems like a lifetime ago since the last time we had a good conversation, but uh, but we had uh, we had a few battles when we were growing up as kids. We had a few battles further on in our career, which I'm sure we'll talk about, and it's um, it's always nice to see, uh, see players that you grew up with um, excelling and doing well and moving into certain areas in, within football and and I'm I'm really intrigued in uh, into 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 some further conversations within his career because he had a he had a special career. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, my, myself included, mate. I'm really looking forward to uh, having a good old chat, talking a bit of everything, talking uh, our guest's career as well as some news, some magnificent seven, and of course our new feature, Tell Me Why, which I'm always looking forward to. Enjoy that putting putting you and the guest under a bit of pressure for sixty seconds. <laughs> but uh, I am. Uh, Delighted to welcome tonight's guest. He is uh, ex-Ipswich, Sunderland and Hartlepool United midfielder, Mr Tommy Miller. How are you, Tommy? Yeah, not too bad, lads. How are you doing? All right, Great, Tom. All yeah, right. I absolutely appreciate your time. Um, obviously, I know obviously football's not happening at the minute, which we're going to delve into obviously very soon, turning around and later. But no, great to, uh, great to speak to you. Yeah, likewise, mate. No problem whatsoever coming on the show. Been a while. Been a while since. Been story. too long, mate. I tell you, far too long. Far yeah, too long. Yeah. Lifetime ago. Yeah, it's gonna be. A, it's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a good crack. We're gonna have a, a bit of fun. Have a good chat about uh, about the game we all love. There's lots to talk about. I tell you that. And um, we what we like to do, Tommy, to start off is uh, it's the magnificent seven. And what that is is uh, seven quick fire questions for uh, our viewers, just to get to know you a bit, get a feel for you and your tastes. What you like, what you don't like, maybe learn a little bit about uh, some of your ex-teammates along the way as well. But uh, let's see, let's see, uh, let's see where we go with that first of all. So, okay, Tommy Miller, magnificent seven, uh, nice and easy to start. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Ipswich or Sunderland? <laughs> Do you know what, Tommy? Right, there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's always a few questions. Here. I'll, I'll take. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. That's that's my fault. Um, I do love a question which, uh, which which puts the cats amongst the pigeons. It's great. I tell you. Feel free to well, tell us bothered. that you're not answering it. Not bothered. I'm not bothered. Four. I'll just put four. four. I like that. See, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Do you know what, Sai? I know we're going to. I know we're going to delve into um, to obviously your time at both clubs um, in a little bit of detail. But 
listen, if someone said to me and put me on the spot, like they have done before, by the way, Middlesbrough or Cardiff, it's, it puts you in a really difficult position where that you've had such an affiliation with fans, with, with players, with a club, with, with, with people who don't are always involved in the, in the, in the game side of it. And it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a question I love to, we love to throw out that side, don't we? I love it. I like, yeah, I like, uh, like to throw a little grenade in there now and again. But um, they're nice and e- they're nice and easy after this anyway. Nice and easy. So, um, favorite TV show? Apart from anything football, probably the chase. I don't mind watching the chase at the minute. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's I like that. Is it, is, uh, no, that's all right. That's uh, it's another new one. We have uh, everyone says something different. It's always good. Seems to get a lot of cooking uh, cooking shows with that one. Um, Andy will be right now. Um, so next one up is uh, a bit of grand designs as well. A bit of grand designs. Ah, there we go. And um, and then we've also got uh, angriest player you've ever played with, uh, with an example if possible. But you, know, you don't have to give an example. Jim Jilton straight away. <laughs> uh, if you did not pass him the ball, or he would just wouldn't speak to you. Simple. He'd go probably a few days, four or five days without speaking to you. After that, he was just adamant he wanted the ball, and if he didn't give him it, he would fall out with you. Because Is that because he was an experienced player, Tommy, that then? Yeah, and I just think the way he played the game, he just wanted the ball anywhere on the field. You know, he's on the edge of his own box, or he's on the edge of his own six-yard box. Just give me the ball, and he's screaming and shouting at you, and it's like, Jamie, you've got a man on you. No, give me the ball. And it was one of them. He was just dead passionate about the game, and he loved the game. But Must be worse for you, though, because obviously you, play, obviously you played alongside. Like, when I say alongside him, I mean next to him. You know what I mean? Most of, most, yeah. most of your time at Ipswich. So that must be even more difficult for you. Oh, it was, yeah. I used to get it yeah. in the ear all the time, yeah. Right <laughs> next to him, in the ear. But you, you just sort of switch off a little bit after that, but like I say, a great player as well. Yeah, good lad as well. Phenomenal player. Um, very underrated. Um, toughest opponent? Patrick Vieira. Definitely. Um, all arms, all legs, absolute powerhouse. Could not get nowhere near him. Um, unbelievable box-to-box player. Um, and like I just said, all arms, all legs. He was, he was an animal. A machine. Do you think he gets? Um, do you think he gets enough credit, Tommy, for for how good he was? Because everyone goes about Roy Keane, everyone goes on about Paul Pogba, everyone goes on about these kind of players. But someone like Patrick Vieira, who was part of the Invincibles, he was he's won Premier Leagues, he's won FA Cups, he's he's won the World. He was, I'm sure he's in the World Cup squad, wasn't he? When when France won the World yeah, Cup, so. does he does he yeah. get the credit what what he, what he should get or he deserves? I think if you ask any Arsenal fan, I think they obviously hold him in high esteem. Um, but I probably agree with you. You know, everyone speaks about the Roy Keane, who was. Unbelievable as yeah, well. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, no but disrespect. Yeah, Vieira was uh, wasn't far away, if not mm. as good. You know, uh, very, very good. Mm. And uh, toughest. Uh, sorry, we just did that one. My mistake. Playing or coaching? Um, playing, um, definitely playing. Uh, I enjoy the coaching. Love the coaching. That's obviously my next chapter. But um, you love it on a Saturday, at three o'clock when you. When you're lining up for the kickoff and you're out there and you're you're with your friends or with your teammates and you're trying to make a difference and you're trying to get three points on a Saturday, so I would say play. And you can't get that time back as well, Tommy, can you? When it's gone, it's gone. And exactly, exactly. And then you've got to move on. And like I said, I, I love coaching and, and managing and stuff like that. But playing, it's good times. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, we have uh, the greatest Englishman who's ever lived. Doesn't uh, doesn't have to be football related that one. 
It's a good question. It's a good question. It's a good question, man. <laughs> it's a good question, question, isn't it? It's a great Englishman. What answers have we had before, lads? It's been we've all had, sorts, uh, haven't we? Yeah, we've had, we've had George, a, few, so a, few, a, few, a few sport related. We've had uh, Winston Churchill. Um, we've had, yeah, we've had, a, we've had a mixed people, bag. Very mixed bag. Obviously, we changed the question depending on the guests. Nationality, nationality as well yeah. so we've had like I think Keith Gillespie said like George Best um, yeah. some other people said yeah, different ones it's all dependent really and I guess so what would yours be and give Tommy uh, a couple of seconds to have a think what would mine be if it was if it were oh, if it was uh, greatest greatest Englishman <laughs> ever I would probably say, I'd, I'd go, I'd go, I'd go family, I'd go family me, I'd go, I'd go me dad and me granddad because they've taught me everything I knew and if it wasn't for those two, I, they wouldn't have pushed me as far as that. I end up going in life and I'm not on about football, I'm on about like role models and things. And I'd go family. Yeah, I think you always look, you always look up to your, to your mine's family, personal. your parents yeah. or whatever, yeah, and granddad. Yeah, mine's stuff, personal. So. Go on, I'll, I'll, personal. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. go with my dad as well. So yeah. I think it's when you, listen, when you, when you, obviously we're going to go talk about obviously, your dad told me so how much he, uh, he he had an influence on your football career and, and football in general with a lot of players. Um, yeah. but I think when you talk about granddads and things, you know what I mean. It's it's I don't know. We all take things for granted, especially what's going on in the world. And you know what I mean. And when we say about football careers when they've gone, they've gone. And the same for family as well. You know what I mean. That sometimes you you know what I mean. We all rely on on people to be there all the time to give us advice, yeah. to keep us to keep us going, to lift our spirits and. You know what I mean? It's it's difficult. You know what I mean? Especially you know what I mean that you when you're playing football and you're trying to do things. You know, I lost my granddad when I was when I was pretty young. And I was playing football and um, and what my and, and I, I I'm only telling this story now because I, I talked about it with my dad about two weeks ago that um, yeah. that the, the day my granddad died, I was playing in the game and my dad didn't tell me. I know my dad watches the show, so he's probably watching it. Um, and and he didn't tell me because he didn't want to put me off my game, and so he didn't tell me till after the game and it. Yeah, it upsets you that, that that people have to go through things alone just just so that they're trying to protect other people and it's just yeah, you know, listen, yeah, yeah. family's family's just quite, the best thing ever. I think it makes that. you appreciate. Yeah, it's, it's quite it's, similar uh, to it's... me that because my dad, my dad didn't want to tell me about my granddad dying, and we were at Man United at Old Trafford. Um, oh yeah. And then he, he told he told us on the way back. Yeah. So mm. obviously. And you remember you you remember you, you remember it as well. You remember it because of you remember certain places now because of that reason and it's. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you do, and and there was a few times when he was obviously in bad health, my granddad, and then he was. There's a game I look back on, you know, when you get your old DVDs out or your video cassettes, and, and there's a game when we played Barnet at home, and I score a hat trick, and my my granddad wasn't well, but he he managed to get to the game, and you just see him on one of the clips where I've scored the goal, and he sort of gets off his seat, and he sort of does a little celebration, and yeah. You sort of think, well, he made a right effort to do that, you know, and he was he wasn't in a good in, in good health. So yeah, yeah. It's, um, in some ways, I think feel like um, grandfathers sometimes have a bigger influence on people, men and women, but particularly men, than sometimes like a father will, because it's a different relationship, and it? it's um, obviously your father you you see day in day out generally. Whereas your your grandfather, you might not see every day, so it's um, it's a different relationship. And I think, like my grandfather, had a massive influence over me. I was only talking about it on Kev's show on um, Friday, and 
that uh, about my grandfather when I was like 13 I used to get the train to Newport on the weekend and drink and he made me drink cider I say he made me made you I like that he used to take, take, take me to drink cider that was my introduction to drink drinking in pubs it's new, drinking cider in Newport as like a 13, 14 year old with my grandfather but there we go that's another that's another story for another show um, okay so that's the Magnificent Seven um so Andy, I'll put it to you, mate. Do you want to do any other business first, or do you want to do the two uh, tell me whys? Um, let's start with any other business because I haven't got a clue what your tell me whys are this week. So, and that first, that first, easy, easy peasy. That first, yeah, they're easy, easy peasy. Gavin's not going to like one of them. I tell you that much. But um, but apart from that, we're we're let's all go good. Any, so let's uh, go any other business? Any other business? Which kind of uh, is in, if it falls in nicely to our guest. Who's obviously the assistant manager at uh, Spenny Moore? Is that right? Yep. Did I get that right? Yeah. And um, obviously, I was telling you and just before the show, I had a message from a Merthyr fan uh, asking if we would talk about the fact at some point when we have like a, a break where we haven't got a guest or something. Talk about the fact that Merthyr basically pulled out of the season very quickly uh, yeah, when you know when lockdown was there, and you know they know. They know their finances at the end of the day, the people in charge, and they knew straight away that without fans they were going to struggle to pay their players to, to, to make the season. So they had to make a decision based upon that, and I'm sure the fans were not happy in terms of not being able to watch their club, but I'm sure they'd rather their club still be there. Um, but Andrew, you take it away, mate. I know you wouldn't today. Um, obviously, yeah. Obviously, there, there, there's, there's, there's been uh, currently there is a vote, uh, I believe, and, and obviously people are voting if they want to avoid the season or carry the season on. My issue I've got with it, Si, Tommy, is um, the leagues who run the divisions and, the, and, and know the clubs, they know exactly what's going on with finances with the club because they know exactly what players' contracts are. So they know exactly that, that the season potentially shouldn't have started. You know what I mean? They knew that, that things were going to happen. They knew fans weren't going to come back in. And the only income um, for for clubs is, is, is fans through the door you know what I mean they, they, the players are getting well paid at a, a semi-pro level you know what I mean some teams in that division where Tommy's in and, and, and the equivalent in the in the nation uh, the nation south national south they're full time so players are, players are full time the class is full time footballers are getting full time wages for footballers and it's you know what I mean the clubs are never going to be able to sustain it you know what I mean teams like Hereford York City you know what I mean obviously I don't need to tell tell, tell, tell Tommy how strong those, those sides are and how big those football clubs are in that league but you know, I mean, those kind of players, the size of the squads, it's it's relentless. And how on earth the the the, the, the leagues and the and the chairmans and the expected this divisions and, the, and and all the leagues and below to carry on is beyond me. You know what I mean? Because not not getting tested, um, and, and that comes at a price as well. Um, you've got no supporters coming through the door. How do people expect teams to finish the season? Is was just ridiculous. Tommy, how did you how did you feel as a club players? Obviously, you must be still close to the lads and still close to the players. Obviously still been staffing things but how were the players took to to not playing well frustrated you know very frustrated um it's been stop start and obviously lately um it's been suspended um it's just be like you said it, it should never have started really yeah. um the clubs were under the impression that there was going to be uh, grants provided obviously that got the season underway um, and then then grants ran out in january and so now what they're saying is uh, they're going to offer you loans. Uh, well, clubs at our level are not going to take on loans. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Um, yeah. And whether they just sort of did that to, to get us through to January and then they might have thought fans could be back in by then, 
Uh, but obviously, as you know, and as you've seen there, the people die and stuff through this virus, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, uh, and it's got worse. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a strange one because you've got clubs at the top of the league who are saying, yes, let's continue, come on, we need to continue and do all this, you know. Listen, them clubs have spent a lot of money, you know, so I, I get it from that side of things, but you're talking about health and safety of people, you know, we, we have volunteers who, who come and help us on a match day and out, why would they put themselves at risk? Um, you know, why would they? This mm. this virus is spreading so quickly. Um, and, so, and some, Tommy, as well, some, some are at an age, aren't they, where they're, they're probably vulnerable themselves, you know what I mean? And, and put themselves absolutely. at risk. So, you know, with health issues absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Absolutely love football, love the club. And if they can't go and there's still games on, it's going to affect their mental health. It's going to, it's going to put them in a in a unhappy state as well. So, you know what I mean? They, it'll probably be a relief that they don't have to have to go to games because the games aren't going to be there anymore. I'm assuming yeah, as well exactly. um, that the non-league clubs are not being like they're not able to test their players and their staff as you know as as the the teams at the Premier League and Championship are doing where they you know they're almost tested like Monday Wednesday Friday probably on the weekend as well after the games whereas the non-league teams don't even get that security around it um, and Tommy with the uh, there was a, a statement from Spenny Moore just saying that they had voted to null and void the season. Did, I was just wondering, really, as an insight into how football clubs run, did they talk to the management team about that, or was it down to the kind of the owners and that to make that decision? Well, we were aware of the situation, obviously, uh, and, and what was going to come out in the statement. Uh, but mm. it's it's one hundred percent that the right decision from a, from yeah, a football course. club point of view absolutely you know um, we can't be putting people at risk uh, health and safety and if you've got no fans coming in the in the gate you know that there's your your money your funding you know towards players wages uh, costs of running the club why you would take a loan on and why the National League have said oh yeah there's loans available it's beyond me it's an absolute shambles if I'm honest with you and the National League suspended the league which was the right thing to do uh, two weeks ago and then they've come back with, oh yeah, you've got to vote now with these options, but we expect you to resume football after them two weeks. Now, nothing's changed. So they're expecting teams to still play, teams to still travel. We were due to travel to Telford, which is four and a half hours away on a coach. So you're talking 25 plus on a coach with your, with your players and your staff members, you know. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then the National League have sort of gone into hiding and, and haven't made a statement since. So everyone's guessing and thinking what's happening next. And you're looking at Ollie Bayless on Twitter, whether you follow him or not, he seems to know everything. So you just see what he says. It, it, it's mental. Absolutely. Well, Tommy, Tommy just said there, you know what I mean? We're, we're, told, we're told by the government not to mix bubbles. We're told by the government to not travel and go into areas. But you're all right without a test to go to, uh, you know what I mean, to go to uh, the other side of the country for, you know what I mean? Cause, you know, I mean, they're they're on the they're on the cusp of of that they should be in the in the in the Southern League. You know, what I mean, they're they're on the cusp of they they could be in the Southern League on another day. And for me, it's just absolute madness that that the spending more players who who all work as well. You know, what I mean, the lads who work are put yeah, themselves at risk absolutely. and they can't go to work on Monday. This, this is a bigger picture, and the bigger picture is it's regardless of the teams who are full time. You know, what I mean, the semi pro footballers who who don't shouldn't have to put their job at risk, their family at risk, each other at risk, um, and. For the sake of a game, which potentially is going to get, like Tommy said there, 
play Saturday, it's going to get voided anyway. So what's the what's the mm. point? You know, I mean, you've got Tommy said there, you've got clubs there at the top of the league. I've named two of them who were uh, well, Chester City, you, you're full time. You've got um, you've got New York City's. You've got some other big clubs as well. Who yes, they spend big money. York City, listen, I feel really sorry for York. I've got some good friends there. I've got some ex-teammates there who I played with, um, who were who were on the coaching staff and and things. Yes, that lost out last year because of points per game, which must have been heartbreaking. Yes, this season again is not going to help. But listen. There'll be no football without people, you know what I mean? And if people are going to continue to die, football's never going to be there anyway. So, you know what I mean? There's a bigger picture involved. Just let, let, let's void the season. Let's start again when, when, it's, when it's right to do so. Let people get back into stadiums when we can. If you've got to do... If, 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 it's, if it's fit to do so in oh, the end of May, June, get some, get some, get some games, get some pre-season, early pre-season games in and get some money into the club. It's yeah. generate loads and loads of money. You know what I mean? And and get some stadiums full because people love it. People love to give back. People will go to games every day and then when, when, when they're allowed to go back, especially especially yeah. semi-pro football because they're going to love to give what they can back because they've missed it for that much. And especially some of the high-profile things. I expect every pro football club to give something back to semi-pro football as well, by the way, mm. to go to the stay local, play Spenny, play Darlington, play, you know what I mean, yeah. and, and, and give it back. And that's what should happen. And I hope it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, agree. And to put it in context, mate, as well, um, a friend of mine who works for Talk Sport went out to Abu Dhabi to cover the UFC. Uh, he had to do like a week's quarantine. Was tested numerous times before he went there. When he was there, when he uh, you know when he came back, he had to quarantine. When he came back into the UK, all of that stuff. The UFC is tip top in terms of separating people, social distancing, the bubble. They're as good as anyone in the world for that. Uh, he now he's I knew already, but he says put out there today that he is that he caught COVID. He's not don't know if he caught it there, but like that, you know he's been tested multiple times and been in secure bubbles and still got it. Mm. Yeah, you're gonna have like you like Tommy's just saying you're gonna go on a bus with 25 lads, not testing the players or anything like that because non-league clubs don't have the funding to do multiple tests per week so like of course you know if you oh, continue if you continue to do that you are just asking for trouble and you're just yeah. putting not just the players and their families at risk but yeah. the staff the the people around the club um who are just in contact day to day because they're trying to keep football going and stupid and, and, and listen Ty, we, needless, we've mate. been we've, we, listen we, we spoke on here about about players and uh, and, and and Troy Deeney when, when it all when it all started Troy Deeney not playing because he, he didn't want um, his family at risk I know he, I think he had, a, had his son who wasn't who wasn't very well and do you know what fair play to him fair play to every single player who doesn't want to play because because they want to do the right thing for for, for themselves or for the family or for some, some some other reason forget football you know what I mean we all want to watch it mm. and we all still get to watch it but we all get to watch it because of all these players getting tested all the time. You know what I mean? It's not about it's not about every level can't carry on. It's impossible. We've got to look after each other here. We've got to let the the football be able to ha have a legacy. And there's going to be no football yeah. legacy if we carry on the way we are because it's just never so going to happen. You know what I mean? Put it to bed. Move on. Disappointed. Gutted. I'm gutted for all the players at Tommy's club. I'm gutted for Tommy. I'm gutted for Spenny. I'm gutted for the chairman, the owner. I'm good for York City. I'm good for all the local clubs. You know what I mean? I see Darlington won in the uh, uh, the FA Trophy at the weekend. FA Trophy, and, yeah, great. Uh, cool. The FA Trophy, and, and they can still go to Wembley, but not have a season. It's just, it, that's going to be difficult if they can do that. And I don't know if that's that's still going to happen. But listen, That'd be if so that weird, happens, it happens. It? Yeah, it, but listen, it, it is what it is, and that could be any club. And it's just it's one of those things. It's just there's more more important things in life than yeah. than, than kicking the ball around sometimes. 
Hundred um, percent. James says there. He says, "Why didn't the Celtic players have to go through the same thing?" I think he's referring to the, they went the UFC, the, body, the quarantine. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, in terms of the quarantine on the way out there, that was the UFC. Like they, you're not allowed in their bubble unless you quarantine first, have a test, you have a negative test, then you're allowed into their bubble. Then you've got to stay within the complex, like the hotel and the swimming pool and all, like everything. And even like using the gym and the swimming pool, you've got to go at a certain time. You're only allowed to go with your team, etc., etc. So that's up to the UFC. So if the Scottish Premier League or the Premier League or Celtic as a football club, if they don't put those things in place, then well, listen, what happened? Listen, what happened to them? They all caught COVID. Yeah, you know I mean? because they're all on a, they're all on buses together. They're on a plane yeah. together. You know what I mean? How stupid can you get? You know what I mean? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and absolutely hammer it. You know what I mean? There's a reason why they're not going to win the Premier League this year. Now, you know what I mean? And that's got a main, that's got a massive reason to it. Because when they didn't have their best players, they'll drop so many points because of it, and serves them right. Yeah. Keeping yourself wide open. Why are two of that side side yeah. would decide to go to Dubai? I mean, yes, it's great for team morale. Mm. Yes, it's great for team spirit. Yes, you can get some good training in and all that sort of stuff. But Hang on a minute, what's going on in the world? Yeah. Who, who, signed, who, signed it, who signed it off? Who signed it off? Whose idea was it and who signed it off? Because the two people who, 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 if it's the same person, they need their head looking at, you know what I mean? Because well, it's just, it's just does, stupidity. Bro. Does warm weather training make that much difference that they desperately needed to get out there and do it, is what I'd like to know. Well, no, but it, but it also, like Tommy said there, the position that Celtic were in, the way the things were going, you know what I mean? It's good for team morale, it's good to get these togetherness, but... You can't you can't spend time together anywhere because you've got to be two metre distance. You can't go and sit in there. So it's, it defeats the object. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's I know we're laughing, but it, it's it's serious. But it's it's, it's laughable what, they, what they've done. Yeah. So it's just yeah. Um, on um, on the issue of stupidity, I know we were going to keep it to the one any other business, but I do want to just make mention of this because. Uh, I think it was Craig in the chat made a mention of it as well. Uh, Mike Dean today notified the police that his family received a number of threats, including death threats and abusive messages uh, after he received criticism for sending off uh, the Southampton uh, player Jan West, Bednarik West against United. Oh, and then one? the West, and then West it, so it was the second sending off in the United game, and the West Ham midfielder Thomas Suchik on Saturday. Like the Southampton one. Um, just on the actual decision, like his hands were kind of tied because, I, as far as I can gather from speaking to people like Jeff Winter, speaking to Mike, uh, uh, Mark Halsey last week, like they're told they've got to follow to the letter of the law. The letter of the law was if you don't make an effort to play the ball, then it's a red card. He pulled out of the challenge. So if you see if there's contact there, which was minimal, yes, but if it's there. Then he had to send him off, even if it was a ridiculous decision. So I do feel sorry for referees in that position, because they shouldn't be in that position. Because there should be common sense, whereby if someone's tr not making a challenge or trying not to make a challenge, that's not the same as just taking a player out, is it? No. Well, listen, I watched the game on uh, on Saturday. What Saturday night wasn't it? It was West Ham against Fulham and. Um... And the issue I've got is how long it took Mike Dean to make that decision. So he's watched the, he watched the same incident for about he must have watched it ten times, if not more. So if he yeah. if after he's seen it the first time he wasn't sure. After he's seen it the second time he wasn't sure. After seeing the third time he wasn't sure. So why wait that long? So the longer he waits, the more it's not a red card. I also want to know what what is getting said in his earpiece. I, I, exactly. I, that's what I, as, a, as a football fan, 
as a manager, as a coach, I think we have the right to understand and to hear what he's being told upstairs. So is he being told it's a red unit, you go and look at it. So he's looked at it, he doesn't agree. He's looked at it again, he doesn't agree. The bloke is here saying, it's a red, he's elbowed him. Yes, he has elbowed him, but he's just lifted his arm up. He's not elbowed him, but... You know what I mean? I just want to hear what's being said between two people because I don't know who's who's at fault. Mike Dean's the one who took the the hit and took the blame, potentially, for someone else who's told him that it's a red card. Because that's not a red card. Yeah. Yeah. No, never never a red card. Never. It's, it's been rescinded. Cricket, rescinded. You can it's hear the. Crazy. In rugby and cricket, you can hear what the third umpires or the fourth officials uh, are saying, so you know what you know what's going on, and I think that actually helps in terms of the the waiting and the time it takes to make the decision because you, as a as a viewer, you're involved in what's going on by you. You can. You can watch them talking about it and looking at it and looking at the different angles. So you're looking at it in real time with them. Mm. So I feel I feel like with that, it doesn't feel like it's so long, even though it's probably taken longer in some cases than what we're getting now. But yeah. now, because it's just silence and you're just looking at the referee, he looks confused. The players look confused. The commentators are rambling on about nothing because they're confused. It just kind of kills it all. Um, and I obviously... But anyway, the point being, like, I think it's shocking, especially in the way the world is at the moment, that we're still having to deal with things like death threats and stuff. Social media is like a, like a cesspool. Like Twitter is as bad as I can remember it being in the long way. Well, it was green um, this morning. It was on this horrendous. morning. So it was um, Piers Morgan this morning was um, was on about the false. We we talked about it last week, and we obviously the false names and you know what I mean. Having having your own photo ID to to, to prove it's you and. You know what I mean? Every single person that, that, that I know has got their own their own picture, their own name. You know what I mean? Why hide behind a keyboard? Why hide behind something? You know what I mean? If you've got something to say yeah. and you want to say it, be, be, be my guest. If you want to say it, come on, come on and say something about me or, or about my show or about me as a player, person, whatever. I don't care what you say as long as it's from you. I, I, I couldn't get. I really couldn't care yeah. less. You know what I mean? Someone's got an opinion. They've got an opinion. You, you, you can't change that. And if you want to do it over social media, that's no. fine. But. Don't hide behind something and don't be personal if you if you're not going to be able to back it up. But if you if you're going to send death threats or you're going to say race send racial abuse or whatever it may be to people, then you've got to understand that that's against the law. Like, um, and I and I I believe that's why they're hiding behind, um, you know, fake fake names or whatever or fake accounts. It's because they you know that ultimately. They think they're clever enough to not get traced, mm. and I think I, as I tell my kids, mate, once you put something on the internet, it's there forever. Uh, no, and, going um, no going back. And like I, that's well, that's my uh, that's about the only thing I feel like I can teach them these days is like, mm. don't put it, don't put anything on the internet that you're not happy with. Everyone in the world, everybody else in the world, seeing or hearing or whatever it may be. Do you know what, Sai? We spoke about this before, haven't we? And, and, and obviously the tweet that I put out a good few years ago now about a, about a certain manager. David um, Jones is famous. David Jones, so. yeah. About, uh, and listen, if I, didn't, if, I, if I didn't want to put that, I wouldn't have put it. I'd have I'd, 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 I'd skirted around it or I'd deleted it. I, I meant every word where I wrote, so I left it out there because all people do now is just screenshot it and the, the, the post it themselves anyway. So, and it looks, like, it looks like you've done something wrong if you delete. You know what I mean? For me, it's, it's out there. It's out there. Just leave, just leave things as they are. Uh, just had a really interesting question, and so uh, Craig Sullivan wants to know, um, and my answer might surprise people, it might not, 
But um, have any of you had any abuse, uh, maybe from opposition fans or your fans, after a miss or a result? Uh, so I'll let you two go first, obviously, as the, the ex-professional footballers. Andy, you know the answer to this from, from my point of view already. But um, Tommy, <laughs> what about you, mate? Uh, have you ever had sort of abuse from, not necessarily in person, but maybe more on a social media sort of way? Um, not particularly, no. I mean... I'm not massive on social media anyway, so I don't go searching for my name and look to see what people have put about us. And if I'm, and it honest, was, I'm not bothered. It wasn't really out as well, Tommy. It wasn't as no, out as it is, is, is now, is it? No, it's not as you know. Back in the day when people were playing in our sort of heyday, um, it wasn't as you know like common or whatever it is now. And I think on a match day when you're getting a bit of stick off the fans, I mean, Tommy Cheek, isn't it? You, you just ride with that. It, 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 it's, yeah, it's fine. Um, but it, it obviously. As the years has gone on, it, you know the, the racism and all that stuff—it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's just—it's crazy. And obviously, on the social media now, they're just putting everything on there, and like you say, they're just hiding behind things. And it—it's it, 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 a shame. It's an absolute shame. And sometimes uh, I'd, you rather, I'd rather people—I'd rather people do it to people's faces. You know, there was a, there yeah. was a famous one in Cardiff. Obviously, um, uh, I played against Leeds. I missed a penalty in uh, possibly the worst game I could have missed a penalty in for Cardiff you know what I mean on the biggest biggest stage for Cardiff City fans in the in their history that we drew 0-0 with, with Leeds United at home missed a penalty obviously my daughter was born um, two days two days previous so I hadn't been to bed much not using that as an excuse at all for penalty but you go out there to celebrate wet the baby's head and things and I got absolute pelters abuse and it's just you take it on the chin because you, you, you're putting yourself out there if I didn't want to I knew it was going to come so if I didn't want it I wouldn't have gone out and it's it is one of those things but like, like Tommy said it Social media wasn't out there, so for me it was more the radio. I remember, um, obviously, I used to do a lot of travelling with uh, Willie Boland, and so we'd be in the car driving back from Newport or driving back from the ground to, to home and things, and we'd always stick the radio on just to just to listen to the phone-ins, and you used to get absolutely... It, it, some of us, it, it, some of us, one of us, at least one of us, would get absolutely pelters for something, you know what I mean? It'd just be, it'd just be, it's always a good laugh because the other person would just find it funny. And it was just it just made the uh, the car journey a bit a bit less serious. So you just had a bad result. You're getting abused on yeah, you're getting abused on the radio, and it's just quite funny. Whereas um, you know, what I mean, it just it just makes you it just makes you appreciate life because you're going out to see your family, and then football's being put to bed a little bit, so you can go and enjoy your enjoy your night oil a couple of days. And it's uh, it just is what it is. It's just one of those things. And it's yeah. it's Tommy said it there. It's 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 you got to sometimes you got to you got to look at it like it's water off a duck's back. You know, but if you take it too serious, it can really affect you, especially nowadays because it's constant all of the time and. If someone's got a million followers and half of those are, are, um, are negative, you know what I mean? There's half a million people having a go at you. Whereas, you know what I mean? On the radio, there's only one person talking. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's not a lot in context. No. Indeed. So um, I leave my DMs open uh, for people who are struggling with mental health. And I make that clear. I've always said that. Like, the DMs for the podcast are open. I also leave my DMs on my personal account uh, open but I don't really use my or I don't broadcast my personal account really because I don't uh, use it a great deal uh, and I've had a couple of messages since I've been doing this I had one telling me that I shouldn't drink during a show uh, which was interesting because it's very distracting for the viewer if I'm having to drink um, <clears throat> but it wasn't said quite as politely as that to which I sort of said do you want me to talk for two hours without like having any sort um, of fluid and when you say was, drink you, you're on a, you, you run about a cup of tea or water by the way so not yeah you know like, I mean? a no, 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 yeah. like a bottle of water like a bottle of water yeah 
Yeah, I'm sure if I... Uh, it wasn't a very nice email. Yeah, it was not very nice. It was really weird, like, but... And to make it worse, he said, oh, um, I think it was something like, oh, and if you just stop doing that, I'll definitely be a regular viewer because I love <laughs> I love watching the... Co- he haven't, he's never watched <laughs> since, as far as I'm aware. But there we go. It's, it's probably because he's still it, drinking. It's where you find it funny, isn't it? Because uh, I got... He, he said he said something about about me doing it, but but praised me whilst I was doing yeah. it. So I thought I was because hilarious. You, so I like, because yeah, always, yeah, and he does it quietly. Mute. Every time I have a I, I have a drink, I put myself on mute and I have a drink. So I, I've just yeah. always been I've always done it, and I've done it. I used to do, but because of that email, I, sit, I do it now, and I and I quite I'm quite religiously do it. And I think it's just quite funny that I got away with it and he didn't. So. Yeah, I um, Shame I made you, sure si. I made sure I was extra loud Shame drinking the next day. I did it right next to the mic on the next show, um, and I've had a couple. Though. I've had another. I had another one. Um, just telling me that it was like a waste of space and an F in this and an F in that, and I I just was I just messaged back and said why, and he just said oh because your your shows are rubbish and all this sort of stuff. And I was like all right okay fair one. There one. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks for taking the time to tell me. But that's all right. All feedback is welcome. All feedback is welcome. Constructive, constructive. Yeah, and the yeah, fact is, I still count it as engagement towards my stats, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, and as Donna said, Costa Coffee would be f- fuming if me and Andy stopped drinking during exactly. our show and during exactly. the shows as well. So, yeah. but, uh, obviously, some 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 information on that. Obviously, I think it was uh, was it Donna who told everybody that uh, the spon- sponsorship's not available. There, a few people messaged them, didn't they? Unfortunately, hey, Jealousy hot. gets you nowhere. Get on with it. But um, it's a good job that guy didn't watch doesn't watch the Kev show, isn't it? If he doesn't like drinking on the show, he was Kev slurping away on his beers. Um, okay, hey, my, let's move my, on. My dad's let's... my dad's comment there though. Put my dad's comment up. Oh, uh, where's it There you go. See, bang on. Because I like I remember, um, I remember uh, yeah. I remember going to a game. I remember going. I, I remember going to a game where uh, where my brother was playing, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure my dad my dad had an argument with somebody because because we were after having to go at Neil, and I just thought it was like one of the funniest things ever. Because I was I was probably saving up that abuse to tell him later on, just when he was when he's getting on my nerves, just to say like, oh, fans think you're rubbish or whatever, blah blah blah. And, you know what I mean? But you can just see my dad just like just not concentrating on the game and just. And just just focusing on this one or two people of this area really? of people it's, yeah it must be it must it must be really difficult though because you you know what I mean because you're there to enjoy your game and you see like um 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 Dyer ended up going up to the crowd because someone was upset his I think it was his sister at the time and it's yeah it's not nice yeah. it's not nice to do but people just continue seem to do it hundred percent I just remembered yeah it does yeah that must be really difficult I gotta say for like I think I, I would find it difficult and actually um, just reminded me of when uh, my son was playing for Cardiff in, I think under nines or maybe under tens something like that he was playing for Cardiff and um, he was a goalkeeper but he was he, when he used to play for Cardiff he used to get really really nervous um, and he was a goalkeeper and um, they were playing on a Friday night he didn't know any of the boys in the team it was his second game but he was with a different team so he never played with any of them didn't know any of them he was already nervous because he was playing for Cardiff and he was having a bad game he made a couple of mistakes and I was kind of stood behind the goal watching as I did and just to the side there was two other dads whose kids were playing for Cardiff and they were like taking the mick out of him and like not being very nice and like I had to do everything just to because like my son doesn't want me to cause a big scene arguing with two guys and and I, but I was just like, wow, like they're 10 years old and you're sat there like 
taking the mick out of a kid who's clearly mm. like really anxious anyway. He's made a mistake, so he's even more anxious. And like you're two grown adults, like I don't know, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, no, I just not went nice. in the not nice. stood away. But that just reminded me of that. I think that happens a lot in, in kids' football as well. You'd be surprised. Um, I, I've seen it before as well on a Sunday league, and you, you, you're watching. You but that's it. That's on, at yeah. academy level. That was. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, it? like, um, yeah, it's, it's madness, and it's like you see on a senior level, professional level, and it must be hard, cause you've got to bite your tongue, haven't you? Um, mm. This is all that, it's a whole adage, all adage, Tommy, isn't it, you know what I mean, that, that, that some parents see, see their son as, a, as, as an avenue for, um, uh, to, to, re, to live their dream, and it's, that's, not, that's not fair, you know what I mean, too much pressure on, that, exactly. on, on, on their kid, and and not nice on the other exactly. kids who've got to endure that as well because it's it's the it's the shouting, it's the pressure, it's um, no, yeah. not for me, not for me. No, Same. indeed, yeah. yeah. I um, it is what it is. I uh, just wasn't very uh, I wasn't very impressed. Right, let's uh, let's move on to tell me why. Then I just remembered and I didn't play my uh, my any other business uh, little clip introduction. I, I love that as well with the Ooh. newspapers. Disappointing. Um, <laughs> tell me why. So in this one, uh, Tommy. Uh, I'm going to ask two questions, and uh, you and Andy have 60 seconds apiece to uh, to answer it. Basically, to tell me tell me why. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's get this show on the road. So, question number one. First of all, who would like to go first? Uh, do we let the guest go first, uh, and for the first one? I'll, I'll, I'll let Tommy decide. We don't know the questions, so I'll, I'll, I'll let Tommy decide. First or second, Tom? I'll go second. Ooh, okay. So, it's time to think about it. So, Andy, uh, the first question is, who will win the FA Cup this season and why? And your time starts now. Um, I would like... Uh, I, I think Chelsea will win it. Uh, I don't know why. I've just got a little, little feeling that, that when Frank was there, that he he put his best side out. He made sure that he put all his best stars out because he didn't want to. He didn't want to fall flat. Um, obviously, new managers come in and taken over, and I think he will be under pressure to win a trophy. And this is this is probably his only opportunity to to win some silverware. Uh, puts pressure on his players. Roman won't give him an opportunity to to probably potentially not win anything. Um, so I'm going to go for Chelsea, even though there are still some big sides left in it. I think Leicester City will have a have a have a say in it. I think they're doing very well, but for me, I think Chelsea will will win the trophy. Indeed, you've got 16 seconds left, but 16 I'll, I'll let you. Left. 16 seconds left. But uh, I'll, let you, I? I'll let, let you off. You've been now. very good. You've yeah, been very good, mate, as well. Bad so uh, I'm surprised by that. Um, okay, so uh, Tommy, your 60 seconds. Uh, on who will win the FA Cup and why starts now. You'll have to remind me who's in it. Who's left in it, if I'm honest with you. Man City. That's a question. Yeah. Man City, Man United, yeah. West Ham, uh, Chelsea, Spurs. Arsenal in the last round. Was it Southampton? No. Yeah. Yeah, 1-1-0. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for Spurs. I think um, if they can keep Harry Kane fit and they can keep... Obviously, Son in the team as well. Um, I think they're going to take some stopping. Jose Mourinho, obviously, he's won trophies all his career. Uh, and I think in a one-off game, he can get the best out of his team. Um, and, and he can get them to, to Wembley and get them to a final. Um, and once they get there, I'm sure they can win. I know a lot of fans 
who watch Tottenham will think they're pretty boring and pretty not entertaining at times and they sit off and they just try and catch teams on the break but I think on any given day Tottenham are capable of beating anyone uh, let's be honest um, and I think they could have a right ball at the FA Cup and Jose Mourinho could be the man to give them silverware he does like a trophy, does he? Uh, he does. Well, he's in the final of the. He timed that perfectly, He's in the final of the. He's in the final of the Coca Cola Cup, isn't he? Or whatever they call it now. So. Coca Cola. Yeah, he's, he's got an opportunity, hasn't he? Call it anything now. It's Coca Cola Cup, definitely. Yeah, Taylor says there that he thinks uh, Spurs will win, otherwise, Jose will be gone. Uh, James Costley says anyone but Swansea. Uh, Swansea could be an outsider, actually, because yeah. they are flying, unfortunately. Uh, and the next question. It's a bit more tricky. So, uh, Tommy, do you want to go first or second again? Which one go would you on, like I'll go, go first. Put us on the spot. Let's go so. first this time. So, uh, your question is, uh, so for the last couple of years, I've had every man and their dog tell me that Liverpool goalkeeper Alisson is the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. Uh, if he isn't, he's not. But if he isn't, then who is and why? Your time starts now. I'm going to go for Casper Schmeichel. I think he is the best keeper in the Premier League. I think uh, every year he's very, very consistent. Uh, very, very rarely makes mistakes. He's good with his feet. But most importantly, he keeps the ball out of the net. Uh, he's handling. He's shot-stopping. Um, he communicates well with his defenders. Uh, never misses a game. So reliable. Um, and I think he's the, he's the best Premier League goalkeeper at the minute. Everyone says Alisson. But Alisson is not for me. And not just because of what happened at the weekend. Yes, Allison can be good with his feet and all that, but I think when he's trying to save shots, I think he's a bit stiff, a bit rigid when he gets down. And I like the Man City keeper better than him anyway, Edison. But overall, Casper Schmeichel definitely. Good shout, and you, you timed shout. that. You timed that Andy Campbell style with 15 seconds still to go. But I'll, I'll let you off because the first, the first go around, you timed it perfectly. Um, we spoke, so about, Andy, we spoke about Casper, though, didn't we? Um, we did, yeah, but um, I can't remember who it was with. But um, yeah, we had a good I'll long chat, though, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was going to go for him, but I'll, I won't. I'll change. I'll change. Yes. So, Andy Campbell, who is the best goalkeeper in the Premier League, and why isn't it Alisson? The time starts now. Uh, I'm going to go Edison from Manchester City. Um, for me, yes, he doesn't probably doesn't get tested as tested as much as uh, as a Casper Michael as as some other some other goalkeepers. But you can tell a good goalkeeper from from, from concentration levels. You know what I mean? With his with his feet, I haven't seen a goalkeeper like it. His his range of passing, the the, the length of his kicks, uh, his throwing is is outrageous. You know what I mean? His 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 assist record this season, last season is is second to none. Um, but he also Commands excellence from his back four as well, and, and there's no, um, there's no uh, for me there's no surprise that, that that with some better defenders in front of him now that he's commanding excellence from John Stones for example who who likes to play the way, the same way he does you know what I mean because Alison Becker hasn't been busy in the last couple of years hence why Liverpool have won the league this year he's been a lot busier uh, and he's making some really really silly silly errors and you know what I mean Tommy we've all been there when we when we when we're not playing very well. Get rid of the ball, you know. I mean, not to the, the person next to you. He has an opportunity to smash the ball up there. Time's up, my friend. Yeah, look, um, I think we've as we've all played football to various levels. You obviously, you two are professionals, um, but it's kind of like you're told: if you make a mistake, don't make the same mistake, same mistake twice. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's almost like a life thing as well, isn't it? Like yeah. everybody makes everybody makes mistakes, but don't try not to make the same mistake twice. Mm. To make the same or a similar mistake twice in the same game in such a big game as well, um, that's it's not. Um, and he's been caught out in the same way before, making similar errors. It is what it is. I think he's a very very good goalkeeper. I just don't think he's the best in the Premier League. Um, it's difficult though because. Like a couple of years ago, I'd have said De Gea all day long, but mm. the last two years, De Gea looks uh, woeful. Like he looks so um, devoid of confidence. It's just such a strange one. Um, this is sad. You can go. Yeah, I like years the Burnley keeper, but he's obviously not yeah. in the Premier League anymore. Years, years yeah, gone Burnley by. Though, still in the Premier League, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Years, years Nick, gone by, though. You know I mean? You've got your Peter Smigels, you've got your David Siemens. You know what I mean? The mm. standard was was a lot stronger. For me, years ago, you know what I mean, with proper goalkeepers. Yes, they probably weren't as good on the floor with the feet, but they could they could they could defend their goal properly. You know what I mean, with whatever means. And I see, you know, I agree with Tommy. You know what I mean, Casper. For me, he's got the all-round package. You know what I mean. He doesn't mess about with it. He doesn't. Very rarely does he make a mistake. He's always there when he needs to. He spreads himself like his dad, and he's an absolutely fantastic goalkeeper. And um, we've said, didn't we? Should he leave? Is it a risk to leave? Should he go to a bigger club and risk it? For me, he's playing for the Premier League champions. He's played in Europe before. He's playing regular week in week out. For me, he's got no reason to move. He's playing for a Champions League elect club this year. So, for me, stay where you are and just keep enjoying your football. Yeah, I think the I personally I think the age he's at now, um, there's no need to move. Is there? Like he's, he he yeah. won the Premier League. He's playing Champions League football, like you mentioned. I think if he was going to go, he might have gone to United um, a few years back, but. Because Leicester won the league and United have been struggling, it's like why would you? Um, I do wonder whether we might see him go to United in a couple of years' time when he's coming right to the end of his career as backup to like, um, you know, like sometimes the ex- experienced keepers. You know, we've seen it with Chelsea and United and um, Arsenal have signed like really experienced keepers who used to be the very best, yeah. but they they'd like to have him as backup. So I think he could be maybe as he comes to the end of his career, just because of his dad, really, um, yeah. as kind of a, like a backup to Henderson. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I like uh, the Burn- Burnley keepers good, man. Burnley yeah, keepers no, I like good. Them. Yeah. Um, so we got a few questions for Tommy uh, in the uh, in the old chat. So I'm gonna skip back up to the start because uh, we had a couple of really good ones. Um, Stuart Campbell and his dad says, uh, Tommy, what would you have been if you weren't a footballer? <laughs> that's, well, that's full of great questions, by the way. That's a good question. Um, a good question, isn't it? With a question PE mark teacher, as well, I think. <laughs> I think PE teacher, I've always liked a lot of sports, uh, and, I, and I've done coaching with with, with kids, uh, certainly as my career's gone on, you know, uh, and did bits and bobs uh, when, I ha- when, I, when I can. Uh, so probably as a PE teacher, yeah, I was, I was probably going to go down that route. Indeed. Um, also, uh, Gaz sent a super chat. Um, if you send a super chat, you'll always, always get your question. No matter how many questions or comments we've got, super chats will always get read out. He just says, best YouTube channel on the net. Guests on all shows have been on fire recently, especially the footy and the MMA. Keep it up. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that, mate. And uh, yeah, it makes it even, even better when you get to read out nice comments like that. But, um, yeah. The super chats they'll always take a bit of precedent because I appreciate people taking the time to do that. Um, 
Okay, next question. I do apologise because I'm skipping through. Let's have a look what we had. There was a really good one from... Where's he gone? Uh, I can't find it now. Um, Andy, just... Um, oh, Gavin asked, are you a relation to Kenny Miller? Out of interest, he says. No, no relation. No relation. No I've had that before. Um, I've had that before. To see yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're cracked. Um, Gaz says um, West, Ham, uh, West Ham United sending off was an absolute shambles. The, the hammers are flying. Uh, but he said, who did, who did you support growing up? Myself, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a few years supporting Liverpool. I think that's because they were winning everything um, back in the day. You know, as a young lad, I was a bit of a glory supporter. Um, but Sunderland, you know, I was, I was a young lad. I was I was near Sunderland. We lived uh, born and bred near there, uh, so I used to go to their games because it was local, um, and used to go there with my dad. So I would say Sunderland. So obviously, following them for that, then Tommy, did that is that did that make it even more special when you ended up playing for them uh, later on in your career? And how proud of a moment was that to uh, to wear the red and white? Yeah, it was. You know, and it, it was obviously one of the reasons I went. There was a, there was a couple of teams interested, but as soon as Sunderland came in, it was a, an opportunity I couldn't turn down, and you know, a chance to play for your boyhood team. Really, you know, um, it was a great experience. Even though it didn't go according to plan, uh, yeah. but I still managed to pull on the shirt. And that's one thing that no one can take away from you, sir, can they? You know that you that you get no. that opportunity to to play for your hometown club, and and everybody wants to do it, but you. The circumstances or timings, it just doesn't work out. And he said there that it didn't work out the way he wanted to, but can't take that away from him. And you know what I mean. Obviously, I'm going to mention your dad now, Tom. That you said there that you that you went to the games with your dad. You know what I mean. How how proud was your dad to see you sign for Sunderland, and 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 how much of an influence was he in your career? Because obviously, not just on you. You're obviously your, your, your dad had, had quite a big influence on quite a lot of footballers in the North East. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a policeman and, he, and then he had to retire uh, on medical grounds. Um, so he was doing a little bit of scouting uh, and he's been doing it for, what, 20 years, 25 years, probably over, probably longer. Uh, and he's worked for various clubs. Um, and I used to play for the school football team, the primary team, the junior team. Uh, and he used to run the Sunday team, shopping boys. Um, so he, after every game, uh, win, lose, or draw, you know, I used to get it in the in the neck. You know, I think as fathers do, you know, a bit of criticism. Uh, there was an odd time where he would praise me, uh, but they were few and far between. Um, but he kept me grounded. You know, even as a young lad, you know, you, you can always do this, you can always do this better, and he and he would always get on to me. And that carried on until I went to Hartlepool, you know, and I, I broke into the Hartlepool team. And I think at first it was a, one of them where no one knew sort of what my strengths and weaknesses were because I was sort of playing in midfield but I was sitting a bit deep and I was just passing the ball, keeping it really and not really affecting the game and my dad used to say, listen, you're doing okay but you need to, you need to start making a difference, you need to start scoring goals or you need to start getting assists, you need to start playing the ball forward, you need to start running forward and all them things sort of stick with me, you know, good advice at the time and, and as a different manager came in, he, Chris Turner came in, he, he obviously helped me game as well because he encouraged me to get forward. He saw something in training where this lad can finish, you know, he can score goals and he encouraged me to get forward. And it's just little things like that and it sticks with you. And like my dad used to say, no one reads in the paper who keeps the ball or who passes the ball sideways or who passes. You need to get your name in the paper and score goals. And that always sticks with me. And 
obviously I was lucky enough to do that uh, from Hartlepool onwards, really. So would you say then, Tommy, that's the best advice you were given? Because obviously, you know what I mean, I, I totally I totally agree what, what what your dad says, you know what I mean? It's about, especially at an age when you were at and the level that you were playing at, and to get to that next level that you that you, that you you wanted to go, you needed to stand out. You know, Obviously, you got in the team of the year twice, which which is great because your peers voted for you, which is fantastic, you know what I mean, for two consecutive yeah. seasons at Hartlepool. Um, because the Hartlepool team was, was was strong, it was doing well, it was it was it was it was achieving quite a lot. But individually, you obviously had dreams and aspirations to move. But like your dad said, it's about you scoring goals and you getting your name on newspapers, teletexts, Soccer Saturday nowadays. You know what I mean? It's, it, that, and that's the key, isn't it? It's a key to get your name out there as as quick as possible to as many people as possible. Yeah, I think as a, a young lad, and if you've got a bit of ability, you'll, you'll get chucked in. You know the. The manager at the time chucked me in, uh, Mick Tate, gave me my debut. And then the important thing after that is, is to stay in the team and make a difference, uh, you know, and, and, and keep working hard and, and don't switch off and, and keep doing the things that you, you did in training and what's getting you in the team. And uh, and like you say, my dad's advice was, was crucial because make a difference. Don't, don't just pass the ball for the sake of passing the ball. No one's going to see that or it's not going to be in the papers about that. Score goals, assists, make a difference. And... Like I say, I did that at Hartlepool and obviously lucky enough when I moved on with a few clubs as well. As a, as a coach, Tommy, is that something that you try to instil in players, players now, young players and probably experienced players, that that, that, that kind of advice can, can filter down? Because, you know what I mean, you want players to do well, but if they make a difference, then it reflects good on you, it reflects good on other people, it reflects good on them, it reflects, it, obviously it's going to reflect well on the team for three points and a good performance. So is that something as a coach you can try and instil in players as well? Definitely. I mean, as you know, every individual is different. Uh, but if you can see a real strength in them, you you encourage them to keep doing it. To keep doing it. You know, I mean, I was sent forward at spending was as good as anything outside the football league. And every time and before games, all I have to say to him is goals, Glenn. Goals. Score goals. He delivers in it every week, week in, week out, and that's what he's good at. You know, he, he's an absolute goal machine. And there's other lads that say different stuff too. And because I know the strengths because I've, I've been at Spreamer now four and a half years and uh, the, the lads who we've got in there there's a few been there from that time as well and then as we get new lads in you, you recognise them what they're good at and you, you try and encourage them to, to keep on doing it to get it out of them on, on, on a match day To all our viewers who, uh, who obviously don't know who we're talking about here Glenn Taylor um, Glenn's goal scoring record is something which is absolutely ridiculous it's scary the, the, the ability that that lad's got is um I don't know him personally, but is 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 from an outsider looking in, and the games that I've watched is, is is absolutely ridiculous. You know, I don't know his personal circumstances, but how someone with that ability and his goal scoring record and the way that he plays is not been someone's not took a risk on him is is beyond me. You know what I mean? And and obviously that's not that's not news to to spending wheel fans who want to hear that. You know what I mean? And management staff and, and, and fellow players, but I just think. But from, from a personal point of view, you know what I mean? For me, I see all these players getting an opportunity and getting moves and getting chances as centre forward. You know what I mean? For me, there's, there's, there's real gems in non league football, and he's certainly one of them. Definitely. And there's not just him, you know, there's lads in our squad, our team who are believed to play higher. You know, I've seen all the leagues, I've played in all the leagues, and I look at some players, sometimes I'll go and watch a, a League Two game or a National League game or a or I'll watch them on the telly and I look at certain players and I think there's lads at Spennymoor or there's lads who we come up against could play higher I think it's a consistency thing and I get that they probably at this level 
for a reason. But then are you your Glenn Taylor, for example, who scores goals season in, season out? And there has been clubs who've looked at him. Um, but we're in a fortunate position at Spennymoor where we don't have to sell. You know, he, he's 29, I think he is now, 28, 29. Um, he, he teaches um, alternative education. He does uh, stuff like that. So he's got a decent job. Yeah. And, and he's with us as well. So for a club to come in, they would have to obviously pay the right money for him. And they would have to give him at least a two-year contract for him to sort of leave his job as well and to leave Spennymoor. Yeah. Um, but he, he enjoys it, Spennymoor. He loves it. And, and hopefully we can get up through the leagues or certainly get to the next level uh, to match his ambitions and to match myself and all the staff and, and the players who come to the club as well because they want to play higher. You know, they have burning yeah. ambitions to play higher and, yeah, and yeah. that's what we want and, and that's what we want to do. No, I totally agree, Tom. And, 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 and like you say, you know, I mean, there's players at, 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 the, at, the, at the level you're talking about who, were, who could easily, you know what I mean, go into it. You say consistency, I, I, I agree. But then they're going to get more training, you know what I mean? So people, sometimes it's worth a point. Exactly. It's, worth, it's, it's worth something to give them an opportunity if that's a 30-day trial in the, at the end of the season, start of the season, and give them a real good opportunity because A, the team they're going to go back to will, will benefit. They'll either benefit, benefit yeah. financially where they'll have to be paid a transfer fee or they'll, they'll get a player back who's super fit because he's done 30 days solid pre-season. He's going to be match fit yeah. because he's going to be playing enough games. So it's win-win and the lad will get the experience of of going there and uh, and and be given an opportunity as well, which is which yeah, is key yeah. because yeah, that kind of opportunity doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So if you want to take it, you take it with both hands and you give it a shot. Because regrets sometimes in football, me and Sai spoke about with certain players on uh, on here, ex players, current players, and regrets can eat you up inside sometimes. And if you don't take that jump yeah. sometimes to see what it's like, um, you can eat you up a little bit. Yeah, spot on, mate. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so just before we move on, um, we've got some great questions. So I just want to quickly uh, get a couple of these in. Um, Tommy, uh, Donna asked, what's your future ambitions? Uh, to be a manager, to be a successful manager, uh, to, have long, to have longevity in the game. Uh, I realise it's hard, you know, people who manage, uh, especially in this day and age, don't get the length of time and... And, and some don't get opportunities, you know, we, we're too quick to maybe look abroad and get lads in and uh, give them chances, but look after our own, you know, we, we do the badges, we go through the same process as, as other people who come from different countries, give us a chance, give us an opportunity and uh, and if we if we don't do it, then at least we've had a crack at it. Um, I'm at Spennymoor at the moment, I'm interim manager um, and I just want to do well for Spennymoor and hopefully we can have success in the future. Tommy, you said something interesting there. You said uh, you said about people being given an opportunity. How frustrating is it then for someone who's got aspirations to be a to be a manager who's, who's, who's young yourself, um, obviously got qualifications, that you see some experienced uh, people being getting just come out of a job and go straight into a job. You know what I mean? How, how frustrating is that? Because you've got, like you say, you've got young 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 people coming out of the game who are, who've got aspirations, have got there's all this knowledge to to pass on to people, but they're not getting the opportunity. An opportunity is key because how can they pass that knowledge on if they've not got a, an opportunity to give it to? I think it's very frustrating. Very frustrating. You know, it, it, there's there's hundreds out there who, who want to get in the game, want to get their foot in the, in the door somewhere, be given an opportunity. And you look at certain people who, listen, they've been good managers. I'm not criticising them. They'll get the sack somewhere, probably get a good payoff, and then they jump into another job. What six weeks later? And I just sometimes it's just a, a merry-go-round they go from one club to the other and you've got lads out there who 
how are they going to get experience if they never get an opportunity? And, and a lot of people will say that, well, he's got no experience or he's... How are you going to get it? If you don't get an opportunity, you'll never get that experience. And I came off the game um, from Hartlepool, went to Halifax, um, had one game, the manager got the sack, uh, the assistant got the job and he asked me to help him. And, and I learned so much then. And then I obviously came to Spennymoor and I've been there four and a half years and I've learned so much from Jason Ainsley, the way his man management style is. Uh, but it was perfect for my development because Jason doesn't do any coaching, so I, I had a hands-on role in doing coaching, which I thoroughly enjoyed and, and I really loved. Uh, and now, obviously, Jason's stepped aside. He, he's been spending for 14 years. I'm sort of in the driving seat, and I've got an opportunity, and that's all it is. And I want to do my best for spending more because they've given me an, a, a chance, uh, and I want to repay that chance. And that's fantastic, Tommy, because, uh, you know, I mean, we... I wouldn't say we laugh and joke about it, but there's a, there's a certain manager in the football pyramid at the minute who uh, who's had, he's had he's had 14 clubs in 12 years. John Sheridan and I'm, listen, John's had a John's had a really good career, really good career as a football football player. Um, he's had success as a football manager, but the safe option is not always the best option. You know what I mean? Sometimes about taking a risk. You know what I mean? Look at Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough took a huge risk risk on Jonathan Woodgate, and things didn't work out um, the way that Jonathan wanted, the way that I wanted as a Middlesbrough fan. Um, I wanted the club to to excel and do really well because I wanted to see one of our own. I wanted to see somebody with fresh, new, vibrant ideas be at the helm Definitely. and and bring in all these young players. And that that was that was going to be key for me. And I see, I see him losing a job. They go and get someone experienced in, and 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 other clubs seem to do the same thing. They go for that um, safe option. You know what I mean? Cardiff got Mick McCarthy. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday went for Tony Pulis. Middlesbrough went for Neil Warnock, and it's. Um, it's it's just it just seems to be a knock on effect. And how on earth is a young manager going to get an opportunity unless he's either number two, like yourself, we were under under Jay, um, and then hoping or that they step aside or, or, or worse, because even if the manager gets a sack, there's no guarantee that the assistant manager is, is not going to is going to keep his job as well. You know what I mean? At a certain exactly. club, so you're not even guaranteed that anymore now because no. sometimes a new manager comes in, he brings his management team with him, like the like the top managers do. You know what I mean? Look at look at Frank Lampard. I mean, Jordy Morris was doing a yeah. doing a great job at Chelsea. He loses his job as well overnight, so it's it's such a shame. You know what I mean? There's, there's footballs footballs is a cutthroat industry. You know what I mean? And, you, and you've got to be and you've just got to be so lucky in the right place at the right time to get that to get that opportunity and then grasp it with both hands and give it everything you've got because we've just spoke there, haven't we, about um, uh, about regrets. You know what I mean? Because not not giving it everything you've got. You know what I mean? I'd love to sit down and have and have and have Woody on here and, and and ask him about have you got any regrets about your time in Middlesbrough? You know what I mean? That that Neil Harris at Cardiff. Any regrets at, at Cardiff City? Not. Not changing formation, not playing different players, because ultimately yeah. you lost your job because results weren't weren't great, and your results weren't great because of what? Because you, your team wasn't picked properly, or your tactics weren't great, or whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. and that's that's a managers live and die by those calls, and you know what Absolutely. I mean. I, I've I've tried, I've tried it. Didn't I enjoyed it for a little bit? Um, didn't enjoy it at the end, and, and got me fingers burnt, and and I don't had I won't be yeah. doing it again. You know what I mean? But it's, it takes a certain person like you, like yourself who's got a passion and the drive to do it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You weren't your stripes, yeah. you said at Halifax Town and Halifax, what a great club, you know what I mean? Absolutely fantastic club, you know what I mean? Run the right way, lovely, lovely stadium, you know what I mean? Nice area, um, fan base, superb where it is, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, it just gives you that appetite to um, to want to do it again and again and again and get where you want to be. I think I think when you finish playing as well, you, you're sort of starting off again, aren't you? you? I mean, I always had it in my mind that I was, I wanted to be a manager, I wanted to be a coach, um, 
from about 29.30. So I sort of looking to do my badges and you know you know the process you go through. And as you come towards the end, you, I, Swindon, uh, Paolo Di Canio walked out um, and I ended up getting the job with Darren Ward just on a caretaker basis. But we were both still in the team and we both didn't want to come out of the team, you know, and that was hard, even though it was only for two games, it, it, suddenly you've got the job, and I look back and I think, was that the right opportunity, I was 33, was I 34, was that my chance to sort of be at Swindon, but, and, and have a go at it, because the chairman did say, listen, is it for you, and I was like, well not really, because I wanted to, I wanted to still play, I still thought I had a couple more years left in me, and I was still enjoying my football, Um the right time will come, you know, and, and, it, and I've had to go down to spending level, you know, which I don't mind at all because I, as soon as I met the chairman, his ambitions for the club and the way the club is moving behind the scenes is phenomenal, you know, it yeah. is moving that quickly. Uh, it's brilliant to be some, to be part of it and, and, and I'm learning all the time and if I'd have gone in at Swindon, who, who knows, I might have lasted, what, six weeks? six months I might have done really well you, you just don't know and yeah. I could have been forgot about I look at lads who come out the game go straight into management within a year they're out of a job and then it's hard for them to get back in I, I believe that what I'm doing listen it might it might prove wrong but at this minute in time I believe this is the right thing to do for myself I've gone down to the lower leagues I'm earning me strikes I'm, I'm starting off again I'm starting off my career again and and hoping I can build my way back up and Hopefully that's with Spenny if we successful and who knows. I totally agree. You know, we say you just put um, you just put a word on there. It was Alan Jones, so I'll put your creator on Destiny. Um, and I totally agree. You know, what I mean, you come out of a game, you come out of playing football, and you've got to reinvent yourself all over straight away yeah. again. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're only as good as your last you game. So, about. Uh, yeah, exactly. I totally about. agree. You know what I mean? Like yesterday, you were a player. Today, you're nobody. You know what I mean? And that's what. Exactly. And that's and that's and that's what that's what happens. And and that sounds really really tough and really. Uh, really callous, but unfortunately, that's just the way of the world. You know what I mean? The, the, yesterday, you yeah. were a professional, not you, but um, me. I was a professional footballer, but then the next Every, day, you're yeah. not. Yeah. You, 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 you just, you just, you, you're a normal person again. You know what I mean? Not, you're not on that pedestal anymore. You're not, you're not important, so to speak. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's so, just so important that that people understand that that football is, it is getting close to reality in terms of that for me. You know what I mean? Football, footballers. Especially 2021 current day football is there. They're so far away from uh, from normality. It's scary. But when you come out reality, of the game, yeah. the, the 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 reality smacks you in the face. So hit so bad and so tough and so hard. It's um it's it's quite a reality shock at times. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Um. Okay. So uh, just before we go back to the questions uh, in the live chat, and because there is some absolute belters, well, um, I did want to just uh, a quick ad from our sponsor, Bespoke Financial. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. 
yeah, big thank you to Bespoke Financial as ever for uh, sponsoring the show. You can uh, find links and stuff to their website and to contact Darren in uh, the description below and of course on our social media pages. Or you could also get their, uh, Darren's contact number from Andy or myself directly if you'd like to uh, check out what they have to offer. But uh, they specialise in life insurance, critical illness, income protection, mortgages and sports cover. And uh, we thank them for sponsoring the show. So uh, back to the questions, mate, because there is some absolute belters. Yeah, there is. Uh, let's go back to a bit earlier on. Uh, Gavin asked Tommy, who is the best player that uh, Tommy's ever played with? Good question. There was a, yeah, it's a good question, but my answer's always the same. Um, there was a lad at Ipswich called Pablo Canago, uh, Spanish lad, centre-forward, superb, uh, mm. so strong, back-to-goal, unbelievable. You know, you didn't even have to look. We... We struck up a good partnership, you know, I, I would just play balls around the corner and he'd be there. Uh, it was like telepathic, you know, we had a good link up, uh, he had a bit of fight in him as well, uh, and he could finish. Uh, what, what a fantastic player he was, Pablo, yeah, very good. Does we that we both then signed at the same time. Oh, did we you? both signed at the same time as well, a little story. Um, he played for Spain, I think he was in the under-20 and they won the World Cup, and I'd come from Hartlepool, so you can imagine, he's sort of looking at me thinking, who's this lad here? He's just played with, I think, Iniesta and Xavi and all them. <laughs> and he's me coming from Division 3, 4 or whatever it was at the time. And he's uh, too hardly for um, But no, we, we struck up a good uh, good friendship and I, I still speak to him this day. But um, very, very good player. Hartlepool's far more, far more exotic, Tommy, than, uh, than Spain, mate. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so is, obviously you say you say you you, you got a, a telepathic relationship. Is that obviously suit you down the ground? And with being a midfield player and wanting to go forward and, and play off the front man, you know what I mean? Obviously that sounds like music to my ears that you that that you've got that kind of player to bounce off. You know what I mean? Because not many players, especially midfield players, you know what I mean? That that wanted to go and score goals. You know what I mean? People like like the Frank Lampard. You know what I mean? Your goal record yourself. You know what I mean? It's it's. For a midfield player, second to none, you know what I mean? Because there's not that many midfield players who, who do go and get that many goals and want to score goals and want to get in the opposition box. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I didn't even have to look. I just knew where he was. It was sort of, I'd play balls around corners and he was instantly there. And nine times out of ten, he'd give us it back. So you'd get your little one-two. And by the time you, you, you've sort of done it, the, the, their midfielders out of the game, you're all getting the return and you, you, you threw on goal or you're create, creating something in the final third, you know, things open up. Uh, and he was brilliant for my game um, yeah. at Ipswich. And like I said, he, he would set me up for goals and it was vice versa. And we struck up a really good friendship on and off the field. Yeah. And I think it's important though sometimes, Tommy, isn't it, that you, that you get that relationship on and off the pitch because you said there that you signed at the same time and it's always key, isn't it? Sometimes when you sign at the same time with a certain person that you, that you, that you might be in the same hotel or you might live near yeah. somebody and you, and you drive together and you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's so important because on the pitch and off the pitch having a relationship with your teammates and your friends that it, it makes football just a joy and it just makes it like a hobby where you're just when you're getting paid for it, it's just the best feeling in the world. It's just the best, the best sport. Sometimes it, uh, when it when it when it's right, when it really hits, when it really hits home and it's going perfect, there's no better feeling. Well, you can imagine he didn't speak a word of English when he first came to Ipswich, and you've got me who and yours isn't great. Speaking a hundred mile an hour, <laughs> and I don't speak English. <laughs> but uh, you know, with a northeast accent, and he's looking at me, and in the end, I did learn a little bit of Spanish, and his English came on brilliant. So. Uh, 
No, like you say, good, good, good player, very good. Well, that, would, um, that must have been that must have been a right uh, a right double like them two sides, have you? Right yeah. double like. <laughs> <laughs> um, Donna asked, uh, "What was uh, what was your proudest moment as a player, Tommy?" Um, I, I think getting promoted with Huddersfield at Wembley in the playoff final. Uh, even though I missed a penalty in the shootout, we missed the first three actually. Um, you know, the old Cardiff lad, Alan Lee, he missed one. Yeah. Um, uh, Damien Johnson as well, and then we still managed to win. And Alex Smithies, obviously Cardiff goalkeeper, mm. um, he um, he scored one. Uh, and mm. then Simmonson was was up for Sheffield United, and he he blazed it over the bar. Now if he'd scored, it was back round, and it was back to me who took it first. So you can imagine how I was feeling on the halfway line. Uh, if he were to score, so yeah, probably that you know a proud moment to get achieving something promotion. You know, I've had a, um, some good times, obviously scoring goals at certain grounds, but to achieve something and, and to finish with a, a medal uh, as such was it was a special day and a special occasion. So how did you feel then, Tommy, then that day? Because obviously, uh, obviously as 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 a player, you. You, you fancied your chances. You thought you were going to win, but I think you know. What I mean, I watched the game. I watched it again today. Actually, I seen that. I seen the game, and obviously Sheffield United were, were the favourites. You know, what I mean, everyone expected them to win. You know what I mean? So, so to win the game when you're underdogs is is one thing, but then you go and miss a penalty and you still win. So, is it bittersweet that you that you still won but you missed your penalty? How did, it must be must have been mixed emotions. Definitely, definitely. I mean, if we'd have got beat, then it obviously changes everything, doesn't it? You, you're probably still thinking about it to this day. Um, I, I don't really, obviously, think about it now because we, we've won and it's it's all forgot about really. Uh, there's mm. still the odd occasion where people mention, "Oh, what happened with the penalty?" But listen, we we won the game and that was the main thing. Yes, inside I was gutted, but we won, which was the main thing. Yeah, which is which is important. Do you know what? The, you know, I mean, it, there's there's probably no better way. To, I mean, I remember watching the game live and you know, what I mean, with it being obviously two Yorkshire sides, it was such a such a guts and thunder game, you know. What I mean, loads of tackles, you know. What I mean, box to box incidents, yeah. you know. What I mean, and, and 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 you could just tell the way the the way the game was going. It was so edgy. It was, it was the only way it was going to end. You know what I mean? Was a was a penalty shootout, and you know what I mean. And and when it went to penalties, everyone wanted the underdog to win. You know what I mean? And I, you just remember, don't you? Know, when the, and you say you say there. When I was watching it again today, I didn't realise how bad you started in the penalty shootout. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, oh, terrible. I can't remember. I, I couldn't remember the the the, 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 the first one. I'm thinking, I know. How, you know. I mean, just it just. But pressure gets to everyone in different ways. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, that was red a bit of roasting as well. It was roasting, and I yeah. mean, it went and then it went to extra time, and then funny enough, I nearly scored an extra time from a corner, and it, it, Michael Doyle cleared it off the line, and you know what could have been. And then at the end of the game, I've, I've, after extra time, I've, I've gone to the toilet and I've come back out, and he's Rhodesy, Jordan Rhodes, and he sort of just chucks me the ball, and he went, "You're up," and I was like, "All oh, right, am I?" I mean, I, I was always confident from the spot, you know. I, I think I got about 36 out of 36 and then I missed a few towards the end of my career maybe three I think it was and so I was very very confident going up you know Wembley it didn't really phase me and as I've hit the penalty I mean I, I knew straight away I haven't hit it well and the keeper's read it and he's went down his left and saved it and that walk back to the halfway line is a long walk yeah. you know and I've got Peter Clark who was the captain uh, and he just come up to me and he's gone don't worry he said someone else will miss I didn't think he was. I didn't think he meant that the next two months we were going to miss as well. But, oh, uh, fortunately, we, we got through, you know. And Harry Maguire, I think he took one of the penalties as well in the shootout, yeah, did, you know, yeah. Sheffield United. And, yeah. But um, no, it, it was a good day. It all ended well uh, in the end. 
I read uh, I read something, Tommy, something interesting about um, about Scotland and Bertie Vaux and uh, getting selected yeah. for the Scotland squad. But obviously, unfortunately, I think it was twice on two different occasions you got selected for the Scotland squad, but got injured on both occasions. Is that is that is that was that, was that right? That's right. I mean, we played Derby um, at home for Ipswich, um, and Willie Donaghy, who was Scottish through and through, who was the assistant manager, Joe Rod, he kept saying to me, "Are you sure you're not Scottish? Have you not got no relations? Have you not mm-hmm. got anything? I'm going to, I'm going to find out. I want you to play for Scotland." And as it happens, my grand Scottish, so I got my passport out, and he sort of sent everything up to the Scottish FA, and they kept an eye on me, and I was doing quite well, and. I ended up going up um, for like a training get together after the, after one of the games. Um, got the train up from Ipswich, and I went in. And Bertie Vokes gets us in a meeting, and this is no word of a lie. Uh, the first words he said were, "I'd like to thank you all for coming on behalf of the German FA. I mean the Scottish FA." What is going on here? So he's obviously making a rick straight away. And it was when Scotland were struggling you know the, everything was yeah. going badly for them nothing was going right and I'll be honest with you I went up there and I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it my my head just wasn't with Scotland and I look back and I think wasn't it a good opportunity to play international football at that moment in time I think England had just won the Rugby World Cup so there's loads of celebrations with England and all that and I just felt I was too English to play the Scottish. Now that might sound daft because a lot of people jump on the on the bandwagon and they play for Ireland because they've been to Ireland on holiday or they've got they've getting a dog from Ireland. You know, all sorts of things happen. And listen, if that works for them and that's good for them, great. And that's probably getting them an extra move or might be getting them an extra few quid in the bank and and probably give them good memories as well. But from a personal point of view, one of the reasons was I didn't really feel Scottish enough to play for for Scotland um, and. Fair one. If, if that, and that's been fair. Mm. Yeah, and that's been fair. Mm. But as it happens, going back to the original question, when I did go for this training camp, I did get injured on the Saturday for Ipswich, and I went up to show my face, and obviously Bertie Vokes gave me that speech, uh, and I trained, I think it was the third day, I missed the first two days through injury, trained the third day, struggled a little bit, got sent back home because of the injury, and then I missed the next game for Ipswich, I think it was. So mm. it, it didn't pan out, probably how Scotland would have liked, uh, but, but from a personal point of view, like I just said, it wasn't really for me. Mm. Do you think sometimes, Tommy, then the the, the standard of, of of level you're playing club level was higher than the level you were going to international level, so to speak? You know what um, I mean? I'm not being disrespectful at the time, but the level of players that the Scottish uh, that the Scottish had to, to pick from wasn't as probably as strong as the team you were playing for, and again, week in week out, at the level you were playing at with Ipswich. Yeah, I mean, it was going well with Ipswich, you know, we were doing really well, we had some good players, and Scotland were obviously in a bit of a, a mess, you know, it wasn't going great for them, but I wouldn't say that was one of the reasons, you, to play for your country, you know, should be a proud achievement, you know, mm. you're standing there, you're singing the song, and like I said, I'm not Scottish, my grand was Scottish, mm. yes, so I have got a little bit of Scottish in me, but Obviously, if it was England, I knew England wouldn't happen. But yeah. if it was England, then it's a totally different, different ball game. Yeah. Um, Fair one. So, a funny little uh, little tip right here for you both. Um, we're at an hour and twenty-five minutes into the show, and uh, someone who's watched from pretty much the start just texted me and said, um, "I've been watching along, and uh, I thought that was Tommy Smith. Just they just realised that it's Tommy Miller." 
which I thought was outstanding. <laughs> but uh, he did say his, his eyes, his eyes, Smith. his eyes are getting worse, which is just this remarkable. I've got to say. But then I said to Andy just before, um, yeah. just before you joined us, I was saying in my head, and when I've been typing texts or messages or social media posts, I keep going to write Tommy Smith. Don't know why. I've never spoken to him. He's, he's got the look of Tommy Smith. I played with Tommy. Um, played with, I played with Tommy a couple of times. Uh, one with England and one with... I uh, don't know where I was when I played with him. Uh, good lad, Tommy. Good player as well. Very good player. Yeah, he mm. scored a few goals, didn't he? Yeah, very good player, yeah. Forward. Yeah, he looked, like, he looked like he didn't care. He looked like he didn't care. He looked like a lackadaisical and like just... Yeah. Just, just coursed it around. But I tell you what, when he got the ball in that left-hand side and he drove past people and he just certainly knew where the goal was. Top player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very clever. Uh, Gavin asked, uh, what's the best stadium that Tommy's ever played at? Um, I've been fortunate to play at some good stadiums and some, and some big ones. Uh, but in terms of atmosphere, occasions, uh, and managing to score there, Anfield to take some beat. Uh, to score at the cop end, I think you just you're in the tunnel before the game, and you can hear the fans singing. You'll never walk alone. And I go back to when I was a young and, and I had a little feeling for Liverpool. You know, they were winning everything back in the day, and I sort of support them as a kid growing up. And then obviously Sunderland on my team, but I had a real soft spot for Liverpool. So to go there, to walk out, you know, the history, the tradition that stadium has, and to luckily score a goal as well at the cop end. It just it was a fantastic occasion and. The hairs on the back of your neck stand up when, when they're singing You'll Never Walk Alone. It is a very, very special place. And I love that side because no one can ever take that away from you. You know what I mean? Regardless no. of what, what, the, what the result is, you know what I mean? You scored at, at the Anfield, you know what I mean? And the cop end is, is oh, it's, it's just so famous, it's scary, you know, that I was I was really lucky. Um, I made my debut there for Middlesbrough. Uh, I think I was just yeah. 16, 16 year old. and. Uh, different for us because we didn't walk out. We we walked out um, and gave the guard of honour to Ian Rush because we were in Rush's last game at, at Anfield. So it was like you'll never walk alone. Was just screaming out. Everyone was because Ian brought his, his Rushy brought his, his his little his little kids and stuff. And it was just amazing. I was stood there just wetting myself as a young lad, thinking, "There's Neil Ruddock, there's Dan Collymore, Moore, there's Robbie Fowler, and there's Ian Rush." I'm thinking this is just going to be horrific. You know what I mean? Just it's surreal, th- isn't it? Th- things surreal. like that. Just you know what I mean? And but you. It's only, I, I, and I don't know about you, Tommy. It's only when you retire that you that you look back at those occasions and think, do you know what? How proud I am that that that, that happened. You know yeah. that no one can ever take it away from you. And you look back at, at, at certain games, certain moments, goals, or whatever, or certain things that you've that, that you've got medals, like you said earlier on. It's just it's absolutely fantastic because it's just things to look back yeah. at. It is because you think it's going to happen a lot, or you think it's going to happen again, and it, yeah. yes, it might happen another time, or maybe twice at a push, but. It's not the norm, is it? You know, these are special places yeah. you're playing at against yeah. special players. And I remember just going back to when I was a young kid at Hartlepool in the youth team, and, and Billy Horner was the coach. And Billy, I was 16 year old, and Billy used to say to me, he used to go, "Make sure you make the most of it because it soon goes." And them words yeah. stick in my head, and I used to go, "What do you mean it soon goes?" I'm 16 year old. I'm a young kid. I, I can still remember him saying them words to me. Make sure you make the most of it because it soon goes. Before you know it, you're 36. You fit, you, 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 you're finishing and you, you're going to your next sort of career, yeah. coaching mm. or whatever it is and them words stick in my head from, from that yeah. moment. Totally he was right, he was absolutely yeah. right. Did um, did you ever play at Ninian Park, uh, Tommy? 
did, and I've got a good story for Ninian Parker. Oh, have you got a for me? Do you, are you quizzing me on that? Or? No, 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 I won't. I, you carry on. Right, you tell it. Every guest gets asked the same question. Ninian Park was what stayed, you know, like a hostile environment, <laughs> great at playing. Um, and it was two, well, I played there a few times, you know, over the years, and uh, always enjoyed playing there. Uh, but one, one in particular was the year 2000. Um, and we were playing, and there were like so Scott Young and, and Earnshaw and all them were playing, and um, Norgan, uh, Nugent, was it, and Bonner. Yeah, Nugent. Now, I, I scored in the 89th minute to make it 2 1 to Hartlepool, and we still got beat 3 2. I couldn't believe it. You know, uh, <laughs> Nugent equalised, and then Mark Bonner, is it, the second? Yeah, Mark yeah, Bonner, yeah. He, 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 he scored player. the winner uh, in, I think, the 93rd, 94th minute, so. It was an absolute sickener, but um, no, it was a it was a very good place to play. You know, like I said earlier, hostile, and the fans were on top of you in a great atmosphere, and you know, I enjoyed playing there. And and I played there quite a few times, and, and I managed to get a few more goals. I think over the years with, with different clubs, and um, yeah, good. Yeah, but those are the ground side that that. that there's few and far between now, you know what I mean? That the, the people go to new yeah. stadiums, the atmosphere doesn't follow them across, and it's you know what I mean. Look at Cardiff alone, look at Middlesbrough, you know what I mean? You lose it's, it, don't you? It, you yeah, it. it's it's lost that it's lost the heritage, it loses the atmosphere, it loses loses the fun aspect because people can't sit yeah. together. People, you know what I mean? This people talk about safe standing, which I'd love to see it at a proper ground with proper fans to see if it, if it, if it works out. I know Celtic tried it um, for a season or half a season, but. It never really took off, you know what I mean. But you know, what I mean, Cardiff City doing it, or you know, what I mean, or, or a Millwall doing it, or a, a, another another side doing it who's got like a, a history with with fanatical fans would be something special yeah. for me. Well, I mean, it's the, the tradition of these old grounds, you know, like the memories yeah. and the and the moments and all that sort of stuff for for supporters. It's it's a shame, really. And I know sometimes you've got to move on and you're building yeah. stuff, and obviously it's a money thing as well because it generates more money and all that, but. It's it's sad in a way because they yeah. are good grounds and good old fashioned grounds. Yeah, I agree. Um, Donna asked a good question. Uh, yeah, Tommy, she said, "Who did you dislike play uh, dislike more when playing for Sunderland, Middlesbrough, or Newcastle?" Oh, Newcastle, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, Newcastle, yeah, the, the, the big derby. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that is the big derby. I mean, Middlesbrough is a derby as such, but. Um, no, the, it's, the not the main, it's not the main. It's not the main. It's not. the main one. No. Yes, it's yeah. No. no. Southern Newcastle doesn't get any bigger than that. Doesn't get any bigger than that. No, that is a pro proper derby. Proper derby. Um, so what I'm going to do, uh, Tommy, now just for the last five minutes, I'm going to just pick out a couple of odd questions. I'm not going to be able to get through every single one, so I'm going to pick out some of the ones that I like. Uh, Craig asked, uh, "Do you worry about losing your best players, which could harm your results?" Or do you get pride in players moving up the leagues? I think at Spenny we're very fortunate where we've got a chairman who is ambitious, um, who supports us either way. You know, listen, if we said to him, there's, there's interest from a club in one of our players, and every player has its price, of course they do. You know, and we wouldn't stand in someone's way of an opportunity to play a full time football and, and to get a chance in the football league. You know, but it would have to be right for both parties. Uh, and like I touched on, it's got to be right financially as well. You know, the club has to get money um, to merit why he's moving on. And so we all want them to progress, and we, we hope they can progress with spending more. That's, that, that is the aim. That is the ambition. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Taylor asked, uh, and uh, Andy's dad asked a similar question. They kind of go together. But um, 
Taylor asked, which manager had the biggest influence on your career? I think I've played for a lot, as Andy has as well. Um, Joe Royal was the best I played under. Um, from a, everything, you know, a personality point of view, he, he was great man management. Um, he was very laid back in terms of on the training field. You know, Willie Donaghy used to do a lot of the coaching, if not every other uh, everything. And then Joe would sort of come along and, and put his little input into things. Uh, but on a match day, Joe would give you your roles and responsibilities, and he, he was excellent, Joe. You know, and listen, he had a if things weren't going right, he would he would have a right go as well. You know, so he had that side to him as well. Uh, but just a, a great, great bloke who knew how to get the best out of you. And I, I would have to say Joe Royal was, was, was certainly me, me number one. I think that's key, though, for me, Sai. You know what I mean? You, 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 we said earlier on about about old school managers. You know what I mean? I'll put Joe in that in that category. I know he's not he's not working at the minute, but you know what I mean? The managers who can one minute be nice as pie and the next minute go absolutely crazy because and that keeps players on the toes. Players love that. You know what I mean? Players love it. You players love the, unpre- the, unpre- the unpredictability. Um, the managers who don't do anything Monday to Friday but then come alive on a Saturday you know what I mean to come alive at 12 o'clock on a Saturday till 5 o'clock because that's their game yeah. time you know what I mean and that's key to being a good manager because if you can do that um, and without really getting involved during the, during the week just watching and picking up bits and just and just snippets and then pulling lads over and getting getting a little bit more out of them or putting an arm around yeah. somebody or shouting at somebody else it's that's a skill in itself being a good man manager you look at the Harry Redknapps and, uh, and people like that it's just so important that um, that those kind of those kind of individuals are involved in football. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not contradicting myself. You know what I mean? But I I love a man management. You know what I mean? They're they're, they're the best people who who kept me in my toes or uh, give me the kick with the backside when I needed it when I've done something wrong. And I, I love that. You know what I mean? It's it's tactics, tactics, tactics all the time. Doesn't doesn't work and players sometimes switch off. You know what I mean? So it's 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 about sometimes having that fine balance and those and, and Joe Royal especially. You know what I mean? And Peter Reeds and the Brian Robsons and so Alex Ferguson, you know what I mean? You tell me. So Alex, so Alex Ferguson got on the training ground and, and and coached and coached and coached. No, he didn't. No. He stood and watched a, a five-a-side or a session or a shooting drill or a defending drill from Brian Kidd, from Steve McLaren. That's why he hired all the best coaches he could get at the time. Yeah. Good show. Um, Stuart Campbell asked uh, Tommy, "What is the Follow best him, and, best and worst decisions that you have made in your career?" The worst is coming on here. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, the best decision was signing for Ipswich. I think leaving Hartlepool, you know, it was the right time. Yeah, I, could have signed, um, I could have left the year before, uh, not necessarily Ipswich. There was a few clubs interested, uh, but I thought I'd give it another year at Hartlepool and see if we can get them over the line promotion. Uh, and it was the second year on the bounce we got beat on the playoffs. Uh, so that, that was probably my best decision, you know, pick an Ipswich, um, a chance to play Premier League football, a chance to play European football, a chance to play with better players, you know, and obviously I'd had a, a spell there as a schoolboy, so I knew a little bit about the club anyway. Um, the worst decision, that's a tough one because I'm one of these who doesn't really have any regrets, you know, I think at the time you, you make decisions and you sort of stick to them uh, and that's what I've done all my career and uh, listen they might not have worked out how I wanted them to but at that minute in time that was my decision and, and that's what I'm, I'm quite forthright in, in, a, in a, with my opinions and with my decisions and 
uh, I wouldn't change them. So in terms of regret, I'd probably just scored that penalty in the playoff final. That's probably my regret. I wish yeah, I'd gone the sorry. other side. Gone the other side I yeah. wish I'd gone the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. Exactly. It doesn't matter how good or bad the penalty is because either side it goes in, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one more one more question then to one finish more lucky off. Uh, I'm just gonna scroll up and down, up and down until Andy says stop. Stop. Uh, no, I was trying to scroll there. No, no questions on that. Um, uh, okay, I'm trying to scroll. Just pick one. Ah, you go. That's a good one to finish. Um, Donna Perry asks, uh, did you play under Mick McCarthy, Tommy? And if so, is he any good? I did Mick signed me for Sunderland. Um, a quick story. Uh, so I signed for Sunderland. I, I met him in Portugal, actually. He was in the same uh, resort as me. Uh, and I had a little chat with him in the hotel. And uh, Obviously, he didn't have to tell me about the club because... Sunderland fan, I knew all about it, how passionate the fans were and how big the club is and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so it was just a case of how he saw the, the new season and what his sort of plans were to get players in. And So I, I signed um, and then I was looking for a, a house um, and I managed to buy a house but it wasn't going to be ready for about five months I think it was, so it was just a new build. So I ended up going to look at this apartment, so as I've gone and drove through the entrance uh, and pulled my car around, I parked in between two spaces didn't think anything of it there was loads of spaces available uh, so I walked up the stairs the woman showed me around the apartment I thought this is great this will do me until uh, the house is ready so all of a sudden there's a big knock at the door uh, the woman sort of looks at me thinking who could this be another knock at the door wasn't going away so she's opened the door and he's Mick McCarthy at the door <laughs> so you can imagine my sort of face I've sort of looked at him and he's looked at me and he's gone oi do you mind moving your effing car and I went, oh, sorry, sorry, if I didn't realise you lived here, well, I do. Now move your effing car. I'd literally been signed two weeks. I thought, what a start this is. So I ended up, funny enough, I got the apartment and I was next door to Mick for about, like I said, five months. Uh, my door was directly across from his. So you can imagine there was a few nights out where I had to sort of tiptoe up the stairs and tiptoe down the stairs. <laughs> Um, but he, he, he lived, obviously there was one pub on there. Now, I, I'm, I'm very friendly with a person who's got it, so he would give us the shout. He's Mick on his way, so there was a few of us who lived on their place for Sunderland, so we used to just hop it out the, out, out the fire exit, to be fair. We were away when Mick was on his, on his way in, but he's a smashing bloke. Um, he, is, he is what he is, you know. He will mm. tell you how it is, be a face. He's a truthful person. And I got on really well with him, you know. He, he had a... I wouldn't say a tough time at Sunderland. He, he got Sunderland promoted, you know, and I think if he'd had money to spend like previous managers over the years at Sunderland have had, he, he, I wouldn't say he'd still be there, but he would certainly have had a lot of success and I think that was the only downfall. He didn't have the money to spend at Sunderland uh, because if he did, he would have kept Sunderland in the Premier League, but a smashing bloke uh, and I'm sure he'll do well for the card. If he'll get them organised, he'll get them, they'll be hard to beat. Uh, they were big from set pieces, four and against. Uh, and he'll get lads playing for him because uh, he's a smashing guy and I hope he does really well. well he's gone off to a great start. Um, Tommy mentioned their set pieces, you know what I mean? Saturday against um, against Bristol City, you know what I mean? It was it was 
what Tommy just said, it was, it was what it says in the tin, you know what I mean? He was direct, he, he, he got in the faces, he won battles, he played for set pieces, he had some absolute monsters going forward for all his set pieces. And he got the result what he needed and kept a, kept a clean sheet. So for me, so far so good. I can't, all you can do is judge him on his results and judge him the way he's going. Absolutely, and he can only yeah. work with the people Correct. he's got. And for me, the style that Mick McCarthy's got works wonders with the players that Cardiff City have currently got. They're just just a little bit naive with the, with the, with the appointments. Um, previous manager, I believe. But let's see. I, but I'll give Mick my total support because I think he's doing a great job so far. Yeah, not bad. Not bad start at all. Um, and that's us. A bit, bit of a slightly longer show today, which is always nice. A um, few little uh, scheduling notes. Wednesday nights we've got the uh, Danny Batten Fight Show. We have UFC number nine ranked fighter Arnold Allen is the guest, following on from uh, Bellator heavyweight Linton Vassell last week. Uh, we have a championship show Friday. Um, we might also have another Super Kev unscripted on Friday. I'm just waiting for confirmation on that one, so keep an eye on the social medias for that. Um, and also we'll be dropping a, a little little video trailer or a little clip uh, maybe to and talk about some guests coming up maybe if you're lucky uh, keep an eye out for that one because that's going to be special uh, as ever subscribe to the YouTube channel look out uh, for any extra content which we put out and uh, a massive thank you to Black Diamond Sports big thank you to Bespoke Financial for sponsoring the show most importantly, uh, thank you to my co-host, Mr. Andy Campbell. Thanks, mate. I'm, and listen, there's no better job doing this show with the people that we keep getting on, with the guests. What every it, time's flying by. Um, the shows are a great laugh. I'm like a kid in a sweet shop. I just love doing it. I just love talking to people and reminiscing about about careers and 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 just with friends, with people, and just I'm so proud to say that I'm friends with people who've done so well in the career. It's amazing. So thank you, Tommy, for me personally and from the show for coming on mate you've been an absolutely superb guest with some great stories by the way people have the absolute, feedback's been immense immense absolute pleasure lad thanks for, thanks for having me on really enjoyed it lad. thank you yeah top man cheers tommy and uh, of course we couldn't do it without all the people uh, asking the questions putting the comments and uh, everything in the live chat the viewers the listeners thank you i hope you'll join us uh, wednesday friday and for every other day but uh Take look out for uh, uh, news and stuff about the guest next week, uh, because we're we're on a roll now. Uh, we've got Tommy Miller today, phenomenal. Next week, phenomenal. Last week we had Mark Halsey, phenomenal. And uh, there's two classic ones coming up straight after Tommy. I was so excited because Tommy is the start of three fantastic guests in a row, but. Uh, for this evening we are done gentlemen thank you to the people thank you we'll be back soon take care stay safe and be good cheers guys
Social Podcast Network.